be a blessing. All right. If you got your Bible, let, let's go to the book of James chapter 5. Way back there in the New Testament after Hebrews, you'll come right into James. If you've gone to Peter, you've gone too far. James 5. Now, once again, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Where's that found? Well, Galatians 5, 22, 23, there's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness. And so it's the fruit of the Spirit. It only comes by the Holy Spirit. He will begin to work that in us when we begin to ask him to help us. Now, the first one we talked about was the fruit of love. Love is the cornerstone. Love is the basis for the whole New Testament. Actually, the Bible says therein in 1 Corinthians 13, I believe it's verse 8, he said, without love, you're not nothing. You're not nothing. And so we got to understand love. Number one, we got to love God, the Lord thy God, with all the heart, with all the mind, and all the soul. Number two, we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. So once again, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love your neighbor. And once again, I can go back and say, I'm not talking about loving myself with a haughtiness or an arrogance. or I love how God created me. Every one of us in there should appreciate that. Now, if you were here last week, we got over on peace. Peace. And man, I'm telling you, you ought to get that tape. It'll help you right now. Uh, one of our main texts on peace was Colossians 3.15. It says, and let the peace of God rule continually as the umpire in your heart. It said, the peace of God will, will, will strengthen you in your heart and your mind. i got to get the peace of God in me. God wants to rule every area of your life. Actually, the, the previous scriptures of that say, in everything, with prayer and supplications, make your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Now, many times when we talk about this stuff, if we're not careful, we can talk in what I call Christianese. And we can try to spiritualize our words. But after the service last week, Jane Worth down here. Jane, raise your hand. She's usually in our teenage services here. She's that young. Jane said this to me, and it's really stuck with me. That in the office she used to work in, her and the, the man that they worked together, he was a godly man. They would have situations arise, and they would say, what is your gut feeling? Now, I think most of us can understand that. That's not spiritualizing. Sometimes you just got to ask yourself, what is your gut feeling? And, and that's how God will lead you. When you've got a peace, you can understand that's God. And she said, no, no matter what it looked like in the natural, good or bad, what is your gut feeling? To begin to pull on that and begin to say, Holy Spirit, help me to be led by peace. Some of you are in an area that you've got to make some big decisions. Include God. Say, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me by peace. I want you to help me. And watch what he'll begin to do. And I believe he'll, he'll help you with that gut feeling. Now, tonight... We get one called patience. This fruit makes everything else perfect. And I found in my own life it's impossible to have peace without patience. Now one of the secrets of enjoying today and also embracing tomorrow is to learn to wait on God. It is learning to, to endure with God. And, and when I say that, guys, when we talk about waiting on God, that's just not passing the time or wasting my time, but when we wait on God, 
it's also showing our attitude and showing our heart where we not only wait, we wait well. And that may be that you're going to have to be in what we call a spiritual waiting room. It's not just the ability to await, but it's my heart and my attitude while I'm waiting. I mean, you can be waiting on the Lord, and you can sit around and moan and groan all day and tell everybody, it's bad. Just waiting on God is really tough. Or you can say, thank the Lord, I know God is working on my behalf. So you know what I'm telling you? Even in the area of patience, i got to enjoy the journey. Now, I can stand before you today, and I can tell you this is one of the biggest ones that I still have to work on in my life. Still to this day, it is a, it is a fight every day. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling the Holy Spirit, you're helping me. You may be one of those. This is me, guys. When I, I, I can tell you how, exactly how many stoplights it takes me to get to from my house to work. I've got it down to a fine art. I know that if I hit these ones perfect and traffic's not bad, I can hit every light green. One of our teenagers, had to, she lives down the block, and she had to ride to church with me one night, and I was pulling up to the light, and I said, watch this, this light's fixing to turn green. Bang. It was green. I'm going down the street, and I said, see those two way up there, right there by the loop? I said, you watch. Within about three seconds, both of them are going to turn green simultaneously. Bang, bang. And she looked at me, and we whipped on around there, and we're coming down here to the loop in Quaker, and I said, watch, watch. This one's getting ready to turn green. It turned green, and she said, how'd you know all that? And I thought, oh, Lord. So I said, I have a problem with patience. And so I'm the guy, when the, the traffic light's red, this may locate you. I sit there and I watch the other ones. And I'm watching, and I mean, when they turn green, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. And if you pull out in front of it, you get in trouble. I'm going to tell you that right now. And so I tell the Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. And, you know, years ago, my philosophy was at a four-way stop. He who waiteth goes next. Man, I just blow, I'd go. And one day, there in Clovis, where I grew up, I'm at a four-way stop, and this lady's across, and she won't go. And the Lord is teaching me patience, and I'm like, go, lady, go. And I look, and it's my mom. My mom's about that tall. You know, she's got to have a booster seat. And, she, and I thought, help me, Jesus. That's my mother. <laughs> so the Lord will help me. That's not my sermon. Let's go to James 5 before I get in trouble telling you guys stories already. James 5, verse 7. Therefore, be patient, brethren. Now, when he starts addressing us as brethren, this is valuable information to each one of us or valuable instruction too. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Now, he uses the analogy just as a farmer has to wait. Now, think about this with a farmer. And there is a joy the day the farmer even gets the He can't wait to get his, his, his equipment out there and start getting that seed in the ground. Because you know why? He knows once that seed in the ground... Harvest is coming. And so just as he plants, he plants with an expectation. There's going to be a harvest here. And so as he's going along in this, guys, it is work, it is labor. But I believe the farmer, he enjoys the journey. You know why? He's got his side on the harvest. He's saying things are getting ready to happen. Now keep reading here with me. He says, just as a farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently 
for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. And so he's sitting there with an expectation. And we think about rain, guys. Rain is wonderful. But rain doesn't speed up the harvest. Think about that. Rain causes the plants to grow and causes them to be healthy. But you think about this. When the, when the cotton farmers plant their seeds around it, they love a rain. But the rain just says, oh, man, it's working. It's, look, look. Now, how many of you have ever planted stuff in the yard? I like to plant a few, a few vegetables every year. And when I get them in the ground, man, you'll see them come up. And after a good rain, you'll look. And man, they say, look what the rain's doing. Look what the rain's doing. But when it rains, I don't go out there the next day and say, where's those big tomatoes at? I realize it's a process. But I can begin to see the growth in those plants. And before long on those tomato plants, you get those yellow blossoms. And you know what that means? It's getting closer. It's getting closer. But you know what? You wait with an expectation. How many of you, when you grow tomato plants, even though there's no tomatoes on there, can you see them? I can see them. I see them big, fat, red ones. See, that's the same with this. He's telling us this is how you ought to wait. When you're waiting on the promise of God, you ought to just begin to almost have saliva running down, thinking, oh, I can't wait, just slobbering. I know God's good. This is what he's talking about. Look what he goes on to say in verse 8. You also be patient. One translation says steady and strong. Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, it doesn't say be patient if you have to wait, but I believe he's telling us you're going to be patient as you wait. And waiting in patience, guys, it's, it's a, a fact of life, but I believe also, too, it's a necessary ingredient for every one of us to walk in success and blessings. Every one of us in this room. Now, go back to James chapter 1. James 1. James got a lot of things to say about this. How many have figured this out? That God's timing rarely matches my timing. You ever seen that? God's timing, and sometimes I look and say, God, do you not see what's going on? He sees. He's very aware, and this is the best thing I can tell you. Father God knows best. He's never late, but he's never early. He's right on time. He's right on. So what do I do? I just wait patiently. James 1, verse number 2. My brethren, once again, there it is. So he's given us some valuable instruction. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I used to hate that verse. Count it all joy when we fall into various trials and various tests. I remember thinking when I got born again that once you gave your heart to Jesus, you didn't have any more issues. Life was now just the bed of roses, but you find out, guys, that's not true. Part of the process in growing with the things of God, you're going to have to go through some tests and trials. And never one time in the Bible have I seen the Apostle Paul where he prayed for people that they didn't have to go through tests and trials. Now, if we ask for a show of hands, how many of you in our tests and our trials, it would probably be unanimous right now. It's part of the process. You're not the only one. He warns us right here, guys. You're going to fall into various trials and tests. Verse 2, knowing, knowing that the testing or the proving of what? Your faith 
produces patience. It produces endurance. It produces perseverance. This is what we must understand. This is one of the reasons, guys, we grow. Every time in life when you have a test, you find out what you know or don't know. Think about school. Why do they give you a test? To see what you've known, to see what's really in there. Well, this is the same way here, here with Father God. Now, what I found out about the kingdom is many times in life, when you bail your kids out of things, and you bail them out of things, and you bail them out of things, they never learn. Father God loves us so much that you know what he says? I'm not going to bail you out. I want you to get in the place in your life where you learn. And God is not into temporary fruit. God is into long-term fruit in our lives. He's, I mean, he's the God of long-term. And so think about this. When God is putting you through a, a test of patience, he's got long-term fruit in your mind. And that may not be exciting to you all of us, he goes on to say, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, a steadfastness to endurance. Can I give you a great, a great definition of endurance tonight? To outlast the devil. To outlast the devil. No matter what he tries to throw at you, the endurance is there for me to outlast. And you know Hebrews 12, 2 says that we're to keep running the race, to run the race with endurance. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our life. I just got every day just keep looking at Jesus. Just keep looking to him and saying, Father God, you got to help me. Now, this is what he's talking about here. Verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect or mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, once again, here he's telling us, don't view patience as doom and gloom. Don't view patience as negative. I used to. I thought, man, this is, this is rough. I don't want, don't view it that way, guys. This is, this is what he's trying to tell us. Enjoy where you're at on the way to where you're going. Now, I brought a bunch of different Bibles here tonight. I want you to read this same passage here and listen real close in the message. James 1 in the message. Now, listen real good. This will help you. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when test and challenge come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faithful life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. Man, every time I read that, boy, get on the inside of me. Don't get out of thing, anything premature. Let's say, okay, Father God, go ahead and, and, and keep working this in me. See, you know what? In, in my life, a lot of times, I'm into microwaving. God's into crockpots, the slow cookers. I want everything that God said, no, no. I'm going to put you back in the oven. Why? He wants everything to become mature and perfect. Even in the area of, of money, a lot of times, you know what? We say, Father God, I need more money. I need this, 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 this. Do you know what Father God knows? That with many of us, if he gave us a chunk of money, you wouldn't have the character to control it. 
He said, you know, he would know you would blow it just like that. And so even in that area, God begins to develop it. And what happens, guys, is this is how God works, I believe, it, even in their patience. He starts you down here, and he promotes you a little bit. And he says, okay, what are you going to do here? And when you show you're mature in that area, he'll move you up to another level. God's into doing this. God is not the God that takes you from down there all the way up here in one leap. He keeps me. And guess what? When I mess up, you know what God has to do? He's got to reel me back in. It's kind of like as a parent. When you tell your kids to come in at 10 o'clock and they come in at 10.10, guess what you do? You've lost your privileges. So you reel them back in. But the next time that they come in at 9.50, you pat them on the back and say, you're earning some trust with me. Well, see, this is what Father God does with it. Now, with, with me saying that, let me ask you some questions real quick. What are some of the areas of your life that test your patience? Now, think about that just for a second. What are some of the areas of your life that test your patience? That can be work. That can be traffic. That can be your spouse, your children. Just think about that. Now, here's the next question. How do you respond in those situations? Do you get angry? Do you get mad? Do you pout? See, every one of us, we've got to answer that. And so I believe this, that, that God is going to put you in situations in your life that you've struggled in, even in the area of patience. Now, you know what God does to me? He sends me to Walmart. I'm telling you guys, it's the truth. When Shelly says, we've got to go to Walmart tonight, I think, oh, dear Lord. And I can, go, I can go late at night. If I go at 10 or 11 at night, it's a piece of cake. But if you go on Sunday afternoon from about 4 to 7, everybody and their uncle is in there, everybody. They're getting ready for the week. And so I stroll in there. And it's hand-to-hand combat. I had people everywhere just ramming each other's baskets and stuff. So when I go to check out, I literally almost have to pray to say, Lord, which line do I get in? And, I'll, and, I'm, and guys, I can sense it. Right? Really, you can begin to sense stuff. When your peace leaves, you sense it. Well, same in my patience. And so when I go, I tell Shelly, listen, I've got to keep it under 20 items so I can get in the express line. But whoever put that sign up at Walmart that said express line, they lied. That's not the express line. That is the torture line. And so I'm standing. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. This is what happens in my life. So I'm standing there watching, and before long, I start counting how many items are in people's bags. I'm serious. So I've become now the express line cop. So what I'm going to do, hey, buddy, you got 21 items. Get out. I don't do that. So these, these are true stories that have happened. So I finally get up there to pay, and this guy, you know, bless his heart, he's been abused all day, and so he rings everything up, and he says, debit or credit? And I say, debit. And he said, debit or credit? And I said, debit. He said, debit or credit? I said, debit. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can see, like, dude, why do you not understand? And so he says, cash back. I said, yeah, I need a little cash back. So he gives me everything, and I walk away, and I realize he hasn't given me the cash back. So now i got to go back up there and interrupt. And I can sense, man, the Lord saying, 
Patience, big fella, patience. And so, man, it is twisting me, guys. I'm, this happened recently. So he gives me the money, and I think, thank God I'm out of here. So I'm walking out the exit, and the alarms go off. And every, you know, when that happens, everybody looks, he's a thief. He stole something. And I'm sitting there. And so, I mean, I'm like, oh, God, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. So the guy comes. I said, just check the bag. Just check it. I just, he said, go, you're good. So I get out in the parking lot, and I think I got it whipped. Man, the Lord is really working on me. I back out to go, and this guy's wanting my parking place, but the lady in front of me won't go. So the guy behind me, he starts laying on the horn. And he's honking, and I'm looking at him like, dude, dude, don't do that. I'll go postal on you if you don't quit. <laughs> you don't realize what you're doing here. And so I remember I finally get home, and I walk in, and Shelly said, did you get everything? And I'm like, I don't know what I've gotten on now. But I told her, this isn't happening anymore. This is real life. And so even in these areas, guys, God will begin to work patience within you. And so you got to ask yourself, what in my life gets out or out of control or been out of shape in this area? Now, I want you to go to one more scripture with me. Go to uh, Colossians. Or go to Hebrews. We've got two more. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. I want you to see this. Hebrews chapter 6. Verse number. Oh, let's start in verse 11. This is good. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the sure of the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become lazy or sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience, and they inherit the promises. Now, when I read that, I want you to think about that. How did they inherit it? Through faith and patience. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't have that patience, you're not going to get there. And this is in every area of our life. I can look through the Bible, and you look at Joseph. He was spoken that all the things and the dreams he was going to be, guys, he didn't walk in those till like 12, 13 years later. He had to learn patience, just like me and you. And you can go back through the Bible, per King David. He had to learn patience. He had to learn patience. And that's the same with us. I don't care what you do in life. You're going to have to get this. Verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater one, he swore by himself. Now the promises that God made to Abraham was found in Genesis 12 verses 1 and 2. He said to him, he said, listen buddy, if you'll move away from your family to a country that I'm telling you, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Now, you know what Abraham did? He moved away. But it didn't happen overnight. Keep reading verse 14. Saying, surely, blessing I will bless you and multiply and I will multiply you. And so after he, Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise after he had waited. And so guess what I, I read in there when I see all that? Abraham had to learn patience. I'm going to have to learn patience. You're going to have to learn patience. And it could look totally different to every one of us because certain things may bother you. 
And you may be in a situation right now. You've just got to keep enduring. And you just got to keep doing what's right. Just like Abraham. Do you know the pace of the 21st century is hurry up. The pace of our society is we rush. We rush here and we rush there. And I believe it's almost become a disease that it's a tool of the devil because he understands if I can just get them to hurry, many times, you know what we ultimately do? We settle for less. We settle. You know, many times when you go to school, some of you may be in school right now, and you think, dear God, will this ever end? Let me tell you something. It will. It will. And when I look back on life, four years isn't that long. But so many times we, we become discontent and we want it now. We want it now. Even in the line of work, when you go pl- apply for your first job, if it has position applied for and you put CEO of the company, you're not even going to get interviewed. You might as well understand you're going to start down here. And guess what happens? When you're patient and you work hard and you do what's right, God will start promoting you. And you work hard and be on time. And guess what? God will keep promoting you and keep promoting you. And that day may come where you become the CEO. But see, so many times, we're not patient. We want it now. You know where that comes from? Everything in our society. If you hadn't seen this, guys, you can go to an ATM and guess how quick you can get money. Just like that. Everything is hurry, hurry, hurry. We pull up at drive-up windows. Why? We're in a hurry. Why do you think they call it fast food? Dinner dashboard. Right there, man. You can eat it on the go. And if we're not careful, we get into this same thing with God. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. God works two ways. Slow and suddenly. But he always starts out slow. But when the suddenly happens, you know it. You know how you know that? You run to everybody you can and you say, you won't believe what God did. And we start bragging and boasting. And we get excited. But listen, when you think back, how long did that take? How long did that take? How long did that take? Guys, I went to Bible school when I was 20 years old. I graduate from Bible school, and guess what? I've got in my mind, I'm fixing to be the man of the hour with power. I have arrived. But God knew I had some character issues that had to be worked out. And so he just began to say, let's just see how faithful you are. And so it became a test of patience. where I started out doing in my brother's church cleaning the bathrooms mowing the lawn I drove the bus why they ever let me do that I don't know but they did I was an usher I started speaking at those 5th and 6th graders then they moved me up to teenagers and I lasted about 6 months with them if it had been any longer I was going to jail And it became a process. Now, I can tell you this, guys. Probably the first eight years or so of that, I didn't do it with joy. I moped around and I belly ached. 
And I'd tell God, God, I speak a lot better than my brother. I didn't say that. I thought it. But God said, you're still in the oven, buddy. And so he began to work on me, began to work on me, and I began to see things happen. And, began, and you know what God knew? If I would have gone into the ministry in my 20s, I'd have never made it. I would have never made it. There's no doubt. And so I begin to look back now. And so I got to a point in my life, you know what I said to God? I said, Father God, I'm going to be content. If all I ever do in this church is drive the bus, I'm going to be the best bus driver. And you know what God wanted me to do? He wanted to see me faithful. He wanted me to be on time. That's big for some of you. Some of you can't even be on time. You wonder why your boss never wants to promote you? He ought to give me a right. Well, crud. Work starts at 8, and you think it's 8.50. That's not going to fly, guys. And so this is what God began to work with me. And he worked with me, and he worked with me, and said, I'm going to refine you. And then guess what happened? When my heart got right, I started having small churches. They'd call and say, would you come and speak for us? I was exuberant. I went to a church of 30 in Tucumcari, New Mexico. Now, if you're from Tucumcari, I don't want to say this to offend you, but you better know you're called to God to go to Tucumcari. And so I would go up there, and I had so much fun. It became wonderful. And God began to promote me. And God began to promote me. But you know what? I didn't ever become a pastor until I was 40 years old. <laughs> I hope I don't discourage some of you. You know why? God had a lot to work on me. He kept saying, buddy, you got to get back in the oven. you got to get back in the oven. He'll do that. With, but it's just the patience, Lord. Through faith, and I keep trusting. Now, guys, I never gave up on those dreams. I kept, And that's some of you right now. God's got big things. You've dreamed. And you've seen yourself. Think about it. Begin to serve God the best you can. And, and be the best employee, the best Christian you can be. And say, Father God, I ask you to start refining me because I'm going to be patient. And the quicker you learn to submit to the things of God and allow him to start, the quicker you're going to get there. But you think you can take shortcuts. That was me. Take shortcuts. You know what my, my idea in school was? C's get degrees. My wife would say, don't you dare tell our kids that. Why? It was talking about taking the shortcuts. Just the quickest thing. Let's just get this over with. Colossians chapter 3. Go back there. Colossians chapter 3. So you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help you guys, even in this area of patience. We read this a couple weeks ago. I, I want you to really see this. this. This is incredible here, guys. And I'm going to read it first in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Colossians 3. Let's just read verse number 12. It says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Now, those are all fruit of the Spirit, but if you'll notice something right there, he said, put it on. It's my responsibility to put those on on a daily basis. God will not force me. It's kind of like what you're wearing tonight, guys. You made that choice to put it on. And he's telling us right here, make a conscious effort to put it on. 
Now listen what that same verse says in the Amplified. Golly, this is good right here. Clothe, clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own picked representatives, his own chosen ones who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself. By putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind and a lowly opinion of yourself, gentle ways, and, now listen to this, and patience, which is tireless, long-suffering, and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Man, when I began to read that, you know what my thought was? Now, Father God, I still got a ways to go, don't I? And he said, you do. But I guess when we get this in our heart, guys, and I'm going to put this on, Lord. And patience means I can handle anything that's fixing to happen. Anything where I say, okay, Father God, you're the potter and I'm the clay. Just keep me on the wheel. Keep me on the wheel. You keep molding and shaping me. And watch what he'll do. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. You know, me and my brother, I want to...